We're going to talk about the first lady of song, Miss Ella Fitzgerald. Now, everybody knows about how she was loved by everybody, how famous she was, that crystal clear voice, that very, very wide range, her incredible scatting, her ability to swing, man, could she swing. You might even know that she won 13 Grammys and sold over 40 million albums. I didn't say records, I mean full albums with 8, 10, 12 songs on them. 40 million albums. She was a celebrity all over the world. Oh yeah. But she had very, very humble beginnings. And the ladder to success was rough. You see, she was born in 1917 in Newport News, Virginia. Her mother, Temperance, Tempe, and her father parted almost immediately after young Ella's birth. So mom had to move away, and she moved to Yonkers, New York. And after a while, she found herself another man, and they started living together and trying to raise little Ella. Somewhere around 14, 15 years of age, big tragedy hit the family. Ella's mother was in a bad car accident, and she eventually died from the injuries. And the stepfather, boyfriend, he died one month later of a heart attack, leaving not only Ella, but Ella's little sister, Frances, alone. Ella struggled. Her life had changed. Now, she had always been a hustler. Oh, yeah, she was a hustler. In her young age, she was a numbers runner. Some of you all don't know what that is. You see, there used to be a game called Bolita, the numbers racket. And the big Bolita guys, they had somebody to go and collect the money and collect the numbers and all of that. Well, Ella was one of those people. Because who's going to suspect a kid walking around with a paper bag? Who's going to think that little girl got a bag full of money or numbers or whatever? And if you do know, you're not going to touch her because you know she's working for Big Joe or Big Sam or somebody else like that, and you don't want to be bothering them. So she did that job for a while. But she grew increasingly bitter, got herself in trouble here and there, even went to the reform school, and she broke out, couldn't be contained. Somewhere along the line, she won a ticket to perform at the Apollo. And her first inclination was she was gonna dance her way to stardom. Unfortunately, the night she was gonna perform, the act before her was the Edwards sisters, and they were the most jitterbugging, dancing little girls on the planet. And Ella went, oh my God, what am I gonna do? And the show had to go on. She was called out to the stage. She stood there not knowing what to do. People booing and throwing stuff at her. And all of a sudden, she remembered one of her mother's favorite songs. And she opened up her mouth and she started singing. And the band 
with the great Benny Carter, started playing. And the audience shut up and started listening and listening. And at the end, they stood up and applauded and gave a standing ovation and insisted that she sing another song. So what did she do? She sang the song on the flip side of that record because that's really all she knew. And that is how her career got launched. You see, Benny Carter took her around all the jazz clubs around New York and introduced her around so she could go to jam sessions and sit in and be heard and collect a couple of dollars along the way. And that is how her career got started. Now she happened to be in the right place at the right time. Oh yes, she was. And in her life, she performed with Duke Ellington, Count Basie, Louis Armstrong, Benny Goodman, Dizzy Gillespie. Matter of fact, it was in Dizzy's band that she met her husband. Not many people know this, but the great bass player, legendary bass player Ray Brown was her husband, oh yeah. And they were married from 1956 to 1962, I think. And from that marriage, a son was born, Ray Jr. And uh, although their careers caused them to move in different directions later, they ended up divorcing, um, they remained great friends. And Ray Jr. always knew his mother loved him even though she was traveling the world. As her fame grew, she started appearing on television shows, Dick Martin's show, the Ed Sullivan show, and things like that, and now she's seen on radio and TV, and her stock is going higher and higher and higher. She's selling more records, going to more clubs. She ends up being introduced to Norman Krantz, who runs jazz at the Philharmonic. He's taken her all around the country, and Norman had a problem, though. Even in the South, he would not allow his musicians to be discriminated against. So rather than having to sleep in segregated housing and, and restaurants and stuff like a lot of jazz musicians had to go through because of her association with jazz at the Philharmonic, Ella never had to go through that because Norman would not tolerate it. Sometimes the local policeman would act badly but still, she retained her dignity through it all. She performed around the world through her career. One of her great passions, which not many people know, was she always cared for underprivileged kids, and she donated quite a lot of her money to the cause of underprivileged kids, especially kids who are found in orphanages and reformatory schools and things like that because she had that experience. And near the end of her life when she did not have to perform anymore, when she was just performing for whatever and her friends are telling her, just sit down, your health is failing and you don't need to do this anymore, she kept going. And most people who really knew her knew she kept going so she could continue to give to her favorite cause, uplifting underprivileged children who had to come up the rough side of the mountain just like she did. So yes, 
she has those 13 Grammys. And yes, she sold those 40 million albums. But also, yes, she probably saved thousands upon thousands of young lives with her generosity. Unfortunately, later in life, her health problems, including diabetes, got the best of her, and she had a double amputation. And at that point, she started only singing in her backyard with the birds and only singing to her grandchildren by her only son, Ray Jr., the great goddess of song, Ella Fitzgerald, left wonderful music for us. But for her, life was not a crystal staircase. It had places worn and torn up. And she rebelled. But because of her impeccable talent and her big heart, she overcame. And so Ella Fitzgerald's life stands as a life well lived, generous, loving, giving. And her music will always set the standard for jazz vocal performances until the end of time. And that's my story, and I am sticking to it. Ella Fitzgerald, the greatest of the jazz vocalists. Thank you.